Hello, and welcome to the Living My Resilient Life podcast. Be prepared for funny cat anecdotes as well as stories near and dear to my heart. My name is Caitlin Roller, and I can't wait to share my experiences of living life with resilience. Happy Labor Day weekend. I am recording this on a Monday. Um, although it feels like a Sunday with a three-day weekend. I'm not sure when this will be coming out, but I hope you're having a good morning, afternoon, evening, day of the week. I have no idea, but I hope you're having a great day. Um, I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Angie, um, and I'll let her just introduce herself, tell her a few things about who she is. Hey, I'm Angie. I just got married this year over Zoom because we couldn't get married with the pandemic. Um, I have a dog named Henry and he's like everything to me. And uh, I'm also a software engineer. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Um, I know this is my, you'll be my second ever guest on here, but I know we both have animals. So as a precaution to anyone listening, any noises that may occur, probably our pets, who we love, but it's probably our pets. <laughs> but I have my good friend Angie on today for a really special podcast episode. We are going to be talking a little bit about what it looks like to ask for help when you feel like you need it, especially um, when it comes to things like mental health. So this is like a sensitive topic for many, many people. Um, I don't believe this would be anything for like a trigger warning, but I always want to let people know that before they're listening, that we are going to be talking about things like mental health and, you know, figuring out when to seek help and the steps for that. Um, So if that's something that's going to cause you a lot of anxiety to listen to, I have many other episodes, but this one is special to me. As you know, I do struggle with anxiety and the occasional depression. And I thought, it would be helpful to with not only end that stigma, but to talk about how you even seek help and when you know to seek for help. So um, I don't know. Do you want to share your story? Should I share mine? How do you want to do this? <laughs> um, yeah, you can start and then, yeah, I'll come okay. after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, I was one of those kids who was always, I think, anxious, but I never really took it as anxious. It was just more like, wound up or stressed. Um, And honestly, I didn't really think I had any kind of problem, or at least I was in denial of it. But like, I was always able to blame it on something, you know, you're going through school, and you're like, Oh, I'm just stressed out because I have a test or Oh, my gosh, proms coming up or oh, I have this big thing for college exams. It was there was always a reason to be stressed. And Mm -hmm. I think too, it's just the idea of, you know, we work so hard and we're constantly doing things. Of course, we're stressed out. We're working a lot. And so I never, I just kind of cop, uh, I guess, chalked it up to that. Um, And I didn't realize though, I think I always knew I was like, oh, you probably have a little issues with anxiety. I don't know if you're the same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, oh, you could have problems, but like, oh, it's not that bad. Everyone is stressed out. Like, oh, well, Um, for me, The turning point, though, would be, I think it was the summer I had taught for one year. Yes, I had taught for one year down here in Texas, 
And then in the summer, I actually didn't have any, I didn't have anything going on. Usually in the summers during college, I would come back home or I'd be working during the summer because I'm a college student and I have no money. And (laughs) then it was all of a sudden, this is my first summer without having to do anything. Now, any other person would be like, wow, finally, I get to take a break. This is going to be so awesome. Catch up on Netflix, so on and so forth. And I liked it for like four days. I swear it was like four (laughs) days of me enjoying (laughs) summer break. And then all of a sudden I was like, I have to be doing something. I have the need to be doing something. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it got to a point though, where it was just like my anxiety was getting worse. I really didn't Mm -hmm. understand it. If I'm being honest, it was just because I, I was like, well, I have nothing to be stressed out over. Why do I feel that like heart in the chest when it's going really fast yeah. or, you know, the tingling of the hands sometimes, or you're like, oh my gosh, like your, your mind is doing that. What is it? Where you're just like constantly moving a mile a minute, but I don't mm-hmm. have anything to be stressed out about, but I would find myself watching Netflix stressed out, but yeah. it doesn't make any sense because I didn't have any schoolwork. I didn't have any professional development for like a month but I would sit there and I could not for the life of me relax. Everything that I was doing, it was like exhausting. And then I also didn't have family down here. So I only had so many people. So that's when it kind of turned into like a, like dabbled in with like, I guess with anxiety, you have that depression that kind of comes with it. For some Mm -hmm. people it's more than others, but it just kind of intermingles a little bit. And I ended up getting really just depressed. And that wasn't something that I recognized because usually I'm just stressed out. (laughs) But for me, it was more of the, it was like, I couldn't find the energy to do basic things like to get up and go eat or to, I guess, wash clothes or wash my hair. It just like, everything felt like such like such an extra effort, I would just be like, nah, I'm just going to lie here. But the pressure in my chest was so tight and mm-hmm. I was so stressed out. And I was like, I, but I think what makes it worse is when you're trying to figure out why you're stressed and you can't figure it out because there's no answer. Yeah. Sometimes you just have anxiety because you have anxiety mm-hmm. and trying to figure out why makes things worse because there's no answer. Um, but I don't know. I ended up in a really so I kind of got to a dark place and I was just like sad and upset and I didn't understand. It was just like the whole unknown. Like I didn't really know what was going yeah. on. I have no reason to be stressed. I'm just relaxing during the summer. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's when I, I think it just, it got to a point where I was like, okay, I've may need to ask for help, which is never an easy thing to do. Um, because you don't want to admit that you need the help, that you're like, I can handle anything. I'm a woman. Like, I got yeah. it. <laughs> I was able to do all these other things, like, whatever. But that was when, it was like right before school started up, that I was like, I need to do something because I'm incredibly unhappy. It was like you're unhappy every day or like mm-hmm. there you had a lot of bad days. And there weren't as many good days. And that's when you're like, ooh, if every day is a bad day in a row like this, that's 
every, I mean, everyone's allowed to have a bad day once in a while, but if yeah. you have multiple bad days like that in a row, and when, what my therapist says is when it gets to the point where it's affecting your life, like your ability to do regular things in your life, that's when you need to kind of seek help. Or if it's yeah. affecting your performance and your job or your ability to interact with your friends, that's when it's, when it's impacting you that to that extent, that's when you need to find help. And I mm-hmm. guess I'll let, I, and I know you're, you're nodding your head. I think maybe <laughs> some of these things are hidden over you too, but I guess um, before I go into what those steps were to seek help, um, I guess I'm curious how your story is similar and or different. I mean, everyone's mental health is different from each other. Yeah, yeah, sure. I can relate to a lot of what you said for sure. Um, it took, and my anxiety kind of takes a lot of different forms. Um, and yeah, there's sort of, there's also like two main turning points for me for when I kind of realized that maybe I need a little bit of help um, dealing with these feelings and like the racing thoughts and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it mostly started, or I started to recognize it, I guess. Um, as a real thing for me whenever I was in college and I would um, I had switched majors to computer science and it was uh, extremely intimidating for me and um, I had some like unfortunate interactions with professors that just Mm. it was not great for my self-esteem so um, it's I started to get like sick in my classes and like I would go to class and um if it was like a group activity or just really anything or a test, like my stomach would really hurt. And there would be times where I would just have to skip because, um, or I'd show up and I'd have to leave because I just felt too sick. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then when I got my first job, the same thing happened whenever I would have morning meetings. Um, the I guess the anticipation of it, like, made me feel very sick. And so I would have to often be like, I'm sorry, I just need to sit down or like, I can't um, I couldn't really focus and it was just, it was a lot. So that was sort of the first turning point where I decided to like go seek help in one way. And then, um, the sec, I have a second turning point, I guess, which was, um, a little bit more recent, which was last year when things got very, very stressful at work for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess this was kind of more of a specific turning point where like, so I'm like a very, very cautious driver. Some people would probably say annoyingly cautious. And, <laughs> and, and um, I, I was feeling a lot of stress and a lot of that stress was from like anger. Um, and I didn't, I'm not good at being angry and just letting myself be angry. And it's a constant conflict because I, I make myself feel bad about it. And mm-hmm. um, it's just the way my brain works. And um, I think one day it just all sort of came out and I was driving and like I put myself in this kind of I don't want to say dangerous situation because that sounds exaggerated but like mm-hmm. I just I had pulled out in front of someone and I just didn't I wasn't as cautious as I normally was and I realized like right after I realized I was like this is not like me and like I, I didn't like that feeling of not being cautious like cautious like I normally am and um so yeah, that's, that was kind of the second moment where I was like, okay, what I'm doing now isn't working for me. I need to figure out what's going on. And, um, and of course I had a lot of support from my husband. He's always been like, Hey, maybe you should talk to somebody. And he's always sort of been my cheerleader there. Um, mm-hmm. 
and which is great. Uh, and I just should have listened to him sooner. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and yeah, so but yeah, um, those are like the two, yeah, biggest points for me. The um, turning points. Yeah. And I liked what you said about not feeling like you. I totally relate to that. I think it was just like, I didn't recognize myself. I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't something I normally, like, this isn't who I am. Like I've grown up in my body for like 20 some years. Yeah. I was like, this is not something I'm comfortable with and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved your example of the Um, not feeling well thing because there is such a connection between your mind and your gut Um, and the worst part is is you even when you get sick even if it's unrelated you stress yourself out and you make yourself sicker and it's just Mm -hmm. like such a cycle but I remember when I was younger being so excited for things like uh, Christmas or my birthday or like a family road trip and I almost every single time would make myself sick before or like on that vacation or on oh, wow. that special day. I, I like was, and it wasn't like I was like nervous. I was just mm-hmm. so full of emotions. I was excited, excited. And everything, but I would, it would become a point where I would constantly, I'd be making myself sick and miserable oh, every man. single time. I, I don't, I, I had to learn. It was so sad. I had to like kind of dull it down a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't allow myself to get as excited when I was getting older because I was like, I'm just going to make myself sick again being Aww. too excited. It's so sad. But that I is think, sad. I think really, though, it does then speak to, like, I probably struggled even when I was younger and I just, like, didn't recognize it or mm-hmm. it was just like a, you know, you're a kid. Of course you're excited about your birthday. But I think I just took it, like, one step too far in that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And there's, there was something that you said earlier that I could really relate to about, you were saying you had nothing to do that summer and Mm -hmm. like, that's when it kind of hit you. And I feel like I can relate to that so much because I'm not good at doing nothing. Like same can't do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always like feel antsy or like I need to be productive and I'm just like working on relaxing and Mm -hmm. it's, I've gotten a lot better at it, but it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> sure. Oh, it is. I always feel guilty. Like I can't, yeah. like I shouldn't be relaxing. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's so interesting. One of the, you know, cause sometimes in therapy, it's just like you're talking and then some days you're like, whoa, that was mind blowing. And I think <laughs> it was the first mind blowing thing very early on in my sessions was she said to me, um, because I had mentioned, you know, I wasn't busy during the summer. Why am I so stressed out? Like, there's no reason for that. And Mm -hmm. she kind of put it into perspective of, you know what, probably over time, you were making yourself busy, like you kept doing things. So you wouldn't deal with the stress that Mm -hmm. it turned into you thinking that all of these things were causing you the stress when it was the other way around. I think I must have been subconsciously knowing that I was anxious. So I was trying to like avoid it almost. So I kept saying yes to so many things. So that way I wouldn't have to deal with the anxiety. And then over time, I just was like, well, yeah, I'm busy. Of course I'm stressed, but that wasn't the case. I was trying to not get stressed. (laughs) I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know if I worded that well, but that's. Yeah, you did. It sounds like it almost like it was a defense mechanism. Like you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. That's, yep. That's exactly what it was. 
um, which is so weird. And it's, and that's why I wanted to have you on is to share your story. Cause I mean, everyone has a different turning point, a different, you know, symptom or different, just a different way that they have, I guess, dealt with any mental health. And so Mm -hmm. I could have done this podcast, just me sharing my story, but I thought it would be more powerful to have two people on it yeah who have like two different stories but obviously we're finding all of these things that we're <laughs> relating to because there are just some overall like certain signals where you're like oh that's definitely what it is mm-hmm. um so thank you for sharing all yeah. I, I, and I'm so happy I know that you're husband, I almost just say, I almost just said his name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I'm so happy that he is so supportive. And to anyone out there who is listening, whether you struggle with mental health or your partner does, um, what, I guess, Angie, what would you say at that he does that makes it, that makes him so supportive? What does he do that makes him so supportive for you? Oh, well, really it's, like when he began, when we both began to realize that I was struggling with this, mm-hmm. um, he sort of went out of his way to learn what I needed, which is like, you're the one, that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're great. Um, but yeah, he, he took the time to really figure out with me what helped. And, and I think a lot of the times what I struggle with is recognizing uh, the signs that mm-hmm. I'm like going through through a moment that is very stressful and and there's certain warnings like behaviors and stuff that I don't even know I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And he's learned those. And, and he's like, okay, I'm starting to see this. Like, why don't you take a break or why don't, you know, we talk or go for a walk or, um, and actually pretty recently, um, he even came to one of my therapy sessions with me. Oh, really? Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty recent. And, um, my therapist sort of talked us through, um, ways to help like me communicate to him when I'm, I'm feeling like really overwhelmed and, uh, kind of gave him some tips on how to, how to handle it. And it was, it was really good experience for both of us, I think. Um, so yeah, (laughs) that's, that's kind of the steps he's taken to help me out, which is awesome. Oh, you can't see cause I'm for the people listening, I'm on Zoom, but I'm smiling very largely. <laughs> I love that he went with you and was just like not afraid to be like, okay, here's some warning signs. Here's some things we can do. I think it's easy for somebody who may not struggle to the same extent and may mm-hmm. not understand it for them to just kind of be like, throw their hands up in the air and be like, I have no idea. But yeah. if I feel like if someone really cares for you and for your health and they will take that time to learn it. I think for me, um, you know, with my boyfriend, yeah. he is also very amazing, very supportive. He's taken the time to kind of learn, I guess, mm-hmm. what, like kind of what you said, like kind of learn what exactly may cause. For me, sometimes it's like what causes it. I always try to figure it out, but sometimes I need to be reminded that it's okay just to have a bad day or a bad mm-hmm hour or bad moment um he's really good about if I because I'm such a verbal processor I mean you know this Angie <laughs> sometimes sometimes the act of just like speaking about what stresses you out without fear of judgment or fear of someone trying to fix the situation mm-hmm. makes it so much better because there 
as much as you want to help that person, you can't really fix it for them, but just being able to listen when they need you is awesome. Or someone who can validate your feelings. I think that's huge when somebody can validate that it's okay that you feel this way. There's nothing wrong with you that you feel this way. This is like just, you know, you've been through hard times and you've been okay. Like you are going to get through this. Just like that constant, for me, that kind of validation reassurance goes a long way. Yeah. Same for me. Mm -hmm. So to anyone out there who needs any tips, just listening is huge. Listening and just learning. Listening and learning. We don't expect you to be professionals at this. That's why mm-hmm. we have therapy. <laughs> That's why we have therapy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and speaking of, I guess for you, Angie, I'm gonna bounce back to you. How did you okay. how did you go about even finding a therapist or taking I think that's sometimes so daunting for people to know that they need help, but then to seek it, I guess, what was the process like for you? Yeah. So I tried a couple times. Um, so I actually don't even remember the first therapist that I, I mean, I remember her, but I don't remember when, um, I had first sought someone out. Um, it was a couple of years ago, I think. And it was voice. It was like over zoom or over Google meet or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember, but, um, and actually, you know, I, with that first therapist, it didn't really work out and that's okay. Um, but I had, I find, I found her through like my insurances. Um, they have like a portal that you can search like, um, based on your can, like your conditions or how you're feeling mm-hmm. and it'll match you to certain therapists that, um, might be able to help you. So um, I first got matched with someone and uh, the kind of conversations we were having wasn't really, they weren't really helping me too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I eventually stopped seeing that person. Um, But later on or last last year, right? Yeah. Last year um, I did, I went through the same process, uh, entered in like in that portal, like what I was feeling, got matched to my therapist. And then, um, yeah, I started going in and then now we're meeting over, um, some kind, I think it's like a telehealth kind of. Yeah. It's like, telehealth. I think telehealth, tele, I think it's telehealth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something like that, um, <laughs> which has been different, but, um, yeah. So that's how I found my therapist. I'm fortunate to have that kind of access, mm-hmm. um, to a therapist. Um, but yeah, it, finding one was pretty straightforward. Yeah, I yeah. I agree with I know I feel very um very grateful that I can have that opportunity. I I think I I think I used um there's some app called Zocdoc Doc was it Z O C D O C and what you can do is you can scan your insurance card and then you can search like you can filter it to like what kind of doctor you need and I think that's mm-hmm. honestly how I found my current therapist. Um Yeah. But I know that sometimes apps are not always up to date. I would always recommend calling and making sure that they take your insurance before <laughs> you start going all in with it. But um, I think I've also, I think I also looked into using my like online insurance provider thing. Um, mm-hmm. I have heard a lot of good things about BetterHelp. I don't use them, oh, but yeah. I know that they're, I think, is it like a free, is it, it's free or it's like a reduced, I don't know if it's free. I don't I know, know if it's a lot free. cheaper. I know it's a lot yeah. cheaper uh, for those that maybe don't have the ability to have a therapist. I know that BetterHelp is like a, 
24-7. Like you can connect mm-hmm. with them with text and stuff like that. I heard it through multiple different places. Um, and I'll put that link in this description, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about that too. And it seems mm-hmm. seems really nice. Yeah, it just, um, I think it's easily accessible for a lot of people. I mm-hmm. think that's their goal. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, so that was that was pretty much... Yeah, I wasn't too, I think the hardest part was saying, okay, I actually need to take the step to find Mm it. Um, But I know for some people, it can also just be, how do you find it? Because you don't, people people don't really share openly about, oh yeah, I found my therapist doing this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like something that we're supposed to just know how to do, but no one talks about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. I mean, the, the portal through my health, my mental health insurance that our company provides like it gets pretty specific even with the search. I mean, and I imagine it can work similarly if you go through Google or even better help. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was like work issues or like, like something is like specific as that, which is. Which yeah. Is they cool. really narrowed it down for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. <laughs> That's really nice. Um, and then you <laughs> get the dog Sorry. in there. <laughs> I think my cat meowed at one point, so it's fine. I heard that. <laughs> You know, I was going to say, you don't heard that. I'm going to pick that up. Um, and then the first couple sessions, what would you, if you were to tell somebody who has never gone through therapy before, what should they expect first yeah. couple visits, I guess? Um, so I, I do think it depends. So the <laughs> dog, <laughs> that was, that was a, that was, oh my goodness. When I hear him. <laughs> Oh, here I'll kick him out really quickly. You are so fine. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Okay, so you had asked me what the the first few sessions. Okay, yeah. So yeah, the first um, couple of sessions. I think it depends on the therapist. So the first therapist I had, um, she was very casual, and um, yeah, I mean, it was more just like, "How are you feeling today?" Kind of um, because that that therapist I saw was definitely more like, um, just when I, it was needed, it wasn't like a scheduled recurring thing. So it was like a, just an as needed therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely more of like, okay, what happened today or what happened? Like what's going on right now? Um, the new therapist I have, she, it was kind of similar. She just walked me through, um, a few questions just about how I was feeling. And, um, she decided to, uh, I guess kind of screen me for different like conditions, if that makes sense. Um, Mm. like anxiety, depression, PTSD, things like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so basically the first session was, were those screenings and trying to kind of figure out a little bit more of what was going on. When you say, sorry, no, when you say screenings, do you, what do you mean by screenings? I guess it was a series of questions or... Yeah, it was a series of questions, just kind of like, um, do you see yourself doing this? Or like, do you do this thing? Or um, what's it like, or more just like raking, like the level of your feelings or like, oh, have you ever yeah. okay. experienced like out of body kind of thing? Like things like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's a good example. Yeah. Um, so it was mostly like forms, I guess. And then she took that and then we worked out sort of a treatment plan. My, my thing, what I was screened for is very specific, um, for, for me. So the treatment was very specific. Um, but yeah, so the first day was screenings and then from then on, it's 
we worked out sort of a plan and a goal and we've been working towards that ever since. So it's oh, kind of, yeah. Cool. So that was, yeah. No, I, I love that they kind of had you working towards a goal like that. I think, I think it also, yeah, it depends on the therapist, depends on your own, whatever situation that you're in. Cause I, for me, we like the first like day or two is well, the first time or two, I guess, is just like, mm-hmm. you know, questions and kind of trying to get a background on all of, like you said, it's like a screening process. I ask you a whole bunch of different questions. Um, and it's not always like question, question, question. I think sometimes they're also, at least in my experience, trying to hear a little bit of you going into more detail about certain things. That's why it mm-hmm. takes sometimes a couple of sessions is they don't want to rush you. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of want to let you talk and figure it out. And just like the basic question of like, you know, like, why did you decide to come to therapy or what do you think, you know, are some things you need help with? And those are harder to answer questions than just like two sentences. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just a lot of self-reflection, honestly, a lot of self-reflection. Um, and they do take into account family history. Cause I know that sometimes mm-hmm. people are more predisposed than others, um, with just any kind of background. Um, and then, yeah, usually from there, it was, you know, I, so I went weekly for a long, long time. I'm currently just doing bi-weekly just because I felt like I was feeling pretty good about where I was at because I've mm-hmm. been, I've been seeing the same one for about two years now. So I feel like I'm in a, a place where I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But usually every, every session kind of starts with, you know, how are you feeling today? Or how, how are you today? Kind of, I think that's just like a standard therapist yeah. question in the beginning. <laughs> um, and honestly, for me in my sessions, it's, I mean, a lot of, for, for me, I'm a verbal processor. So I'm like in the right place, you know, <laughs> I'm like, let me just talk it out. Yeah. But what's nice is that if I, if I am like really struggling in a situation, she is there to one, she's not, there's never been any kind of judgment. Obviously yeah. that would be horrible wrong therapist if you're getting judgment from your therapist (laughs) um no it's I like that she can help me with skills and be like okay well why don't you try this I always like to say like tools in your toolbox kind of a thing so that way when you get to that point of oh my gosh I'm really anxious or I'm feeling depressed I already have those skills and those tools Mm -hmm. that I know I can do this or I can do that um because what I've found is that sometimes certain skills or tools work in some situations, mm-hmm. but not in others. So it's nice to have a wide variety of ones that work. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm cured of all the anxiety, depression, <laughs> something I'll struggle with probably for the rest of my life, but I can manage it to the point where there's some days where I'll have bad days. But honestly, those bad days are very infrequent. Um, yeah. I think that's the right word. Infrequent, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Infrequent. And they don't affect my ability to be able to live my life. So mm-hmm. I have enough tools in my toolbox to be able to like, okay, I can handle it. And also I think once you start handling and start kind of facing it and accepting, Hey, this is something that I struggle with. And you start kind of taking on any of those challenges Mm -hmm. the rest of them seem not nearly as hard as the first first few yeah yeah Yeah. 
one thing that my that reminds me that one thing that my therapist tells me is like whenever things come up like feelings that are very intense is to stay just try to be curious about it because mm. for me I am always like self-correcting like mm-hmm. like if a feeling comes up and I don't want to deal with it or I um don't think I should be feeling that way whatever that means mm-hmm. like I tell like I judge myself and I try to just sort of suppress it and yeah. uh, one thing that one tip she's given me or one tool I guess is to just like okay this is coming up that's interesting like just sort of observe it and and see how my body feels because I've had a lot of physical reactions to these um, anxiety issues that have come up um, she's like okay think about how your body feels like what's going on what happened that day like just let it be and that's always that's just that's very challenging for me, but I've come. Oh, I know way. it's hard. Yeah. I, I think I would, that's something I have to, I, I, I love that it's something that you're working on and it sounds like you've really like, you've gone through a lot of this stuff, but it sounds mm-hmm. like you're, you're like progressing and meeting yeah. that goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is awesome. So very impressed with you. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's, it's, it's hard though. It's hard to continuously work on yourself and to have like for me like you said like when something comes up and I'm like nope not gonna deal with this I can't mm-hmm. nope I can't I like the idea I think it's called like noting where you note it and you kind of mm-hmm. give it like a name and it's not like it's kind of like if you are sick with something the minute you give it a name like the flu or a cough it's like the power that it holds over you is a little bit less yeah then, oh my God, this really big, scary thing. Yeah. Um, or I think just, I like the paying attention to the physical of it because yeah. it really is, it takes a toll on your body. For me, I, it can be so exhausting. Just like you're yeah. so exhausted after, if I'm having, I guess, like a period of really high anxiety, I'm exhausted because I find myself like clenching like I'm really tense. It's like everything is clenched. My jaw, mm-hmm. my hands. I'm usually like twiddling. I'm doing something. I'm constantly moving. I can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the running, the racing thoughts in the mind and the the guilt I have for even just feeling these emotions, mm-hmm. which is so dumb because we're human. Yeah. But <laughs> you just really beat yourself up more than anything. Um, yeah. And so I think paying attention to, like, I have to remind myself to unclench my jaw, uh, especially during all this back to school stuff. It can be really easy to get lost in all of everything going on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, drop your shoulders, unclench your jaw, take three breaths. And even just like the smallest things can just elevate attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to do the same thing. I notice I clench my jaw a lot or I, I'm, do. I fidget a lot. <laughs> I'm even when I'm sitting here, I'm fidgeting with like a little piece of plastic <laughs> right now in my hand. I'm still fidgeting. I can't. It, it's something to work on. But yeah, I guess now that because you were you've had the same therapist for oh, there's a cat in the background. Thank you. <laughs> Turning my knocking my phone charger off. Um, I guess now that you've been in, you said you've been in with the same therapist for about a year or so. Is that what you said? Or yeah, yeah, about a year. So I guess now that you've been with her for a significant amount of time, how do you find that your sessions are now? Because the first few sessions are always like 
a lot because <laughs> yeah. you're new. But I guess now, what does that look like? Um, I mean, they look very similar. So I guess I can get into a little bit of my specific treatment that I have to do just to kind of give more context because maybe if you want to you don't have to at all but I (laughs) want to (laughs) yeah um so I'm having to do something called EMDR which I don't remember what that stands for (laughs) right now I should have uh let me look it up (laughs) you keep going I'm gonna look this up (laughs) yeah um so some background on why I'm doing that is there was some uh things that I was experiencing that led me to go to therapy in the first place. And one thing that she called out, um, that I like when she, when I had been explaining to her what I was experiencing, she's like, some of that sounds a little bit like PTSD, mm. which was a shock to me. Cause I was like, okay. Like it was just not something I had ever really thought about. I just knew I was anxious and stressed. And, um, so I got screened for that and it's, I guess what maybe you would call it like a mild case of PTSD, but I do have it. And, mm. um, so the treatment for that is EMDR, which it's very uh, unique, I think, a unique experience for people going to therapy. <laughs> I, and I have it up here. I just looked it up. It says yeah. eye movement desensitiv- desensitization and reprocessing. That yeah. is mouthful. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I definitely don't want to speak like I'm an expert on this in any way, um, but basically what we do is we have, we like think through like a memory um, or it's, or even like a future event that's causing anxiety. And um, we sort of just like, we sit with that feeling that I get. So like, she'll ask me how distressed I am and I I rank it. And she'll like, when I was in her office, she kind of had these little remotes that would vibrate and it would vibrate in my left hand and then my right hand. And I would sit with that and she's like, just notice how you feel, notice what things come up. And, um, I, you know, to be honest at first, I was like, this is strange. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is not what I was expecting to be doing when I came here. Um, but it's very interesting and I'm probably not going to describe very well, like what it's supposed to do to our brains. But, um, basically what the best way I can think of it is like, there are these, pathways in my brain that are very like if you think of like a forest where there's a very clear path that I like that my brain tends to take and that is this stressed route or this perfectionist route um and then there are these other pathways that haven't yet been like chopped through and 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 formed if that makes sense no that makes sense and this kind of treatment is basically forming those new pathways in my brain uh creating new neural connections Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very like scientific and it makes sense, but it's like, whoa, this is strange. <laughs> I love that analogy. No, that analogy makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, cause yeah, I do have these habits of just like going into stress mode or perfectionism and mm-hmm. that's not always bad. Like that's what we're made to do, but it's just, um, I forgot other ways to think, I guess, if that makes sense or like my brain yeah. just doesn't, it doesn't didn't know how anymore. Um, cause I always had this like defense mechanism coming up in certain situations. So your default was always to go down, down that one like, pathway. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, that was my best description of it. It's, um, I'm sure there's better explanations of it online, but so that's 
basically what I've been doing for the past year. There's some sessions that are more um, like we talk through things, mm-hmm. um, which I guess I can't remember what that's called. Cognitive behavioral. Yeah, where it's just more basic. I think that would be mine. It's more cognitive. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. I I'm like I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, same. But I know it's more cognitive uh, therapy. Um, mm-hmm. at least for me. Um, but again, everyone's different. Everyone has their different. Yeah. Different yeah. So I assume that my situation might be a little bit more unique, but you know, I don't know. Um, I think but, just yeah. more specific, I guess, you know, you have a more specific plan yeah. of route rather than just going in and being like, okay, these are some things that have been on my mind and I'm going to talk about them, gain some skills. And then yours is more specific and is more unique to who you are you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so as time has gone on we've gotten more into just like talk therapy um Mm -hmm. but there are some things that come up that still require that emdr treatment and um it's very interesting process and and she always tells me like that i might feel a little different like after like just because my brain's trying to figure things out and um, yeah yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. No, that's so. really, I, I didn't know. I knew, I knew a little bit about beforehand just cause I know you, yeah. um, but I didn't really know the specifics. I looked up to just, I was just looking up um, what I, I just typed in what happens during an EMDR session. It says while the client focuses on the upsetting event, the therapist will begin sets of side to side eye movement sounds or taps. So I guess that would be the buzzing that you mm-hmm. said. And then they are repeated until the event has become less disturbing. So I guess there's it. So they continue those different eye movements or taps or anything until whatever that, that you're feeling is a little bit less. I don't yeah. know if I described that at all, how you, but that's just what the Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Um, and you know, I'm not going to lie for me, it's very difficult because, uh, depending on the memory or the experience that I'm having to focus on, it's very hard. And it's hard for me to not like when you're, it's it's basically like, think of this awful thing for an extended period of time, (laughs) which um, that's probably oversimplifying it. But sometimes there's some days where I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't want to do this. And I think that that's totally normal. Um, Oh yeah. But I go anyway, like, and I, I deal with it anyway. And that usually means that I need to. So, well, and the fact that you're still continuing to go just shows your perseverance and, you know, on my podcast, resilience. Just gonna plug yeah, that, yeah. just another one. <laughs> no, but that's hard. It's hard to go knowing, okay, I'm probably gonna feel a little out of body or I might feel a little just mm-hmm. brain fog or exhaustion afterwards. But you know that in the long run, it's better for you to do it rather than not yeah. to do that. To, to sit in those bad feelings for a while is nothing, it's something no one wants to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always worth it. Oh, um, 100%. Even in yeah. cognitive behavioral therapy, which would be more of what I do, just with talking and processing, going through all of those things, to talk and process about something that stresses you out is just like, wow, I am just going to stress out for this hour-long session. <laughs> <laughs> But it's in a safe environment and with somebody who has all of the, I guess, all of the training to be able to help you process through it. 
instead of mm-hmm. just defaulting and blocking it or using negative coping skills or mm-hmm. negative coping mechanisms to drown it out and not deal with it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's kind of nice to be able to, I mean, it's interesting because like, I guess with my kind of, like the treatment that I've been doing, like mm-hmm. it definitely makes me sit with the thoughts that I'm having, which try I tend to not do I try not to do that like Mm -hmm. because it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and um but yeah and I think that's a good thing um like being uncomfortable and like thinking through it like going through the cycle and processing it is um really helpful um kind of like a weight's been lifted yeah it's like that thing that you that thing on your to-do list that you've been not wanting to deal with forever (laughs) and then you finally do it and you're like okay Okay, we did it. It wasn't as bad as I made it out to be in my head yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, no, thank you for sharing that. I, I know that's very, you know, very unique to you. Um, just as my experience is unique to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I know it's not easy to just openly share. It's something that people don't talk about. And I wish that more people yeah. would share their experience so that other people feel less you know, you, it feels very lonely when you're dealing with anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. uh, PTSD, any of that. You feel very alone in your thoughts and you can't connect as well to people. Um, or at least you think, or at least it feels like you can't connect to other people because yeah. no one's sharing it. It's not that you can't. I mean, clearly, once you start talking, someone else might be like, oh my gosh, yes, I get that. But mm-hmm. no one talks about it. So no one wants to start talking about it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, totally. And I think like, it's really nice to like, I don't mind sharing because Mm -hmm. uh, at least when I went to therapy, like I never thought that like PTSD would be something that would have come up. And Mm -hmm. I think what a big benefit of going to therapy is like, it's a great learning experience about yourself and oh yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) like 100% yeah and and like you never really like you're going into it and you don't there's some things you still don't even know about yourself that is going to come out and it it's great oh yeah yeah emotional sometimes but great (laughs) it's great to process through and so much self-reflection I personally think every person would benefit from therapy whether mental health is something they struggle with or not just like you know there's always stressful situations I mean right now COVID-19 pandemic everyone is (laughs) everyone's stressed out for one reason or another and to be able to talk to somebody and help have them help you process through those feelings and Mm -hmm like skills that you can use to help yourself when you get that way. I mean, I think everyone could benefit from therapy, whether it's, a, you know, whether it's a, like for us, it's more like, you know, a weekly or biweekly, but sometimes it's just situational anxiety yeah. or situational depression that you find yourself needing help with, which is totally normal. But mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I wanted to have a podcast so that I can talk about the things that are harder to talk about but should be talked about if that. Yeah. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know how long this is and I don't want to go too long. Uh, (laughs) Of course, you know, I'll have future episodes where I get into more specifics. I would love to talk about, you know, negative coping mechanisms. At least for me, I've had (laughs) very negative coping coping mechanisms. I can't say that word. Uh, (laughs) in my, in my trying to not deal with things. <laughs> yeah. Um, which 
something I would love to talk about within the future, but I think that is definitely another episode one. Um, but is there anything else you want to share before we kind of sign off or click end or whatever it is? Um, I guess anything in terms of seeking help or therapy or knowing to go to it or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I think, I think what's really important is to try to find somebody, if it's possible, try to find somebody to talk to, um, mm-hmm. and, and talk through what you're feeling. Um, cause it's really, it really is helpful and it, it is a challenging thing to do sometimes if you're feeling alone or you're afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if, this, if you think this would work for you, I would recommend, I mean, I'm not yes. a doctor, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, um, just disclaimer, we're not doctors, <laughs> but that has been helpful to me. Um, is, is to, to talk it through with someone, whether that's a therapist or my husband or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I recommend that. Yes. <laughs> as a not doctor. <laughs> not, not a doctor, but from experience, don't hold it in because it just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to yeah, hop you. on here and share your experience. Um, there's some things I didn't even know. So I love hearing <laughs> kind of what that was and the similarities and differences I think both you and I have on going through all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, To everyone out there, you are, if you're feeling any way, it is fine. Honestly, you feel having feelings is fine. You are human and it is okay to ask for help when you need it. Even if it's just a friend or family member that you need to call and talk to you for like 20 minutes to get it off your chest, totally fine, totally normal. And you'll feel probably a lot better. Not a doctor, but I'm saying you'll probably (laughs) feel a lot better. (laughs) Uh, But for everyone listening, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And I will see you on another episode. Bye.